You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, A. Scully and Sitor. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Good afternoon. Welcome to After The Show, listeners. Hello. Oh, funny. I forgot what we were doing there for the 20 seconds. You surprised me. <laughs> it took me 20 whole seconds to forget. <laughs> you forgot. You're like a... I'm Dory the fish. Dory, yes. <laughs> 20 seconds. How long is hers? Like four seconds. If that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sid Talk, we're actually recording the After the Show movie podcast. Oh, okay. I'm in. I'm all in. So uh, that's what we're doing. What's the before the After the Show discussion? Well, this movie a little bit. Yeah, mostly this movie and yeah. things surrounding this movie. So let's get into the podcast. Into the movie. It's Saturday, February the 4th. This is after the show. We're a movie review podcast. And on episode 773, we're looking at the movie Bones and All. It's a 2022 movie. You can get it now on Blu-ray. And it's also on streaming services, rated R. It's definitely an R-rated movie. And it's from our friends at Warner Brothers who sent us the disc for review. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of the movie Bones and All. You say definitely an R-rated movie. I mean, there's no sex. There's a little bit of naked breast. It's just a little bit of cannibalism. Spoilers. <laughs> there's what it's about. Yeah, spoiler. I mean, you should know this by now. Don't listen to podcasts about movies if you don't want to know about the movie, right? Is that a standard expectation? Yes. Right. So this movie is about two people, essentially, who find each other, and they're not like everybody else. I'll give you the actual synopsis. And the actual synopsis is very vague. It says, Maren, a young woman, learns how to survive on the margins of society. Definitely a marginal society she is part of, yes. Yeah. So, Bones and All, the latest movie from, I can't pronounce this guy's name, but I'll try. Are you ready? Yes. Directed by Luca Guadagnino. Is that right? It sounds wrong. I'm sorry, Mr. Luca. Uh, The person who brought us the remake of Suspiria, which I actually love. So what do you think of this one, Sid Talk? I actually, now this sounds weird when you say you enjoy a movie that has this sort of theme. I really enjoyed it. So there you go. I um, enjoy this movie. This is how I felt during this movie, right? Yeah. It's a movie with a lot of graphic horror themes, let's say. But it's not presented like a horror movie. It's presented like a um, a road trip drama movie, I would say. True. L- love story, drama, road trip. Definitely love story. But with like punctuation, like every so often of something, the most horrendous things you've, you'll see, you know. But for some reason, it was very soothing. And that was the word that kept coming back to my mind. That was. You said it right after it was over. You're like, that was kind of soothing. Yeah, because it's. Should I be scared? Because <laughs> it's like a, I don't even think it's a fucked up love story. I don't feel that it's fucked up, even though with clearly, as Sid Talk said earlier, dealing with cannibalism at the heart of this. Cannibalism at the heart of this. Yeah. 
The cannibalism was kind of, even though it is part of it, it felt like it was on the back burner most of the time and we were just getting to know the people. Um, I don't know if everyone would watch it that way. Because you know once you know, then that's what you're waiting for. Right? I mean, it happens in the first minute, two minutes. Pretty much, yeah. You know what you're in for pretty much straight away when uh, she goes to the uh, slumber party type thing and something happens there, cannibalism-wise. <laughs> and it happens almost instantly. And I was I didn't know that this movie was about that. I didn't either, and I love that. I love not knowing anything about a movie. So anytime we watch them, if I know nothing, it makes me very happy. And I was like, wow, okay. And now I can see what we're in for. And I wasn't disappointed. We were in for what it promised. And also with a love story along the way, which I really bought. I felt the thing between these two people. Mm -hmm, definitely. If you're a cannibal in this world, a book, the world is... You don't mean like in this world where we're living as no. if there are cannibals in the in book this world. Uh, that she's wrote up here. There's cannibals and in the world, and they know each other by smell. They can smell each other. This girl has been kind of sheltered because her dad's trying to take care of her, and he, he knows she's a cannibal, but he doesn't. I don't think he knows what she is. He yeah, he knows there's something. What going she on. does, yeah. Right. So he doesn't let her really out in the world. She doesn't realize that she can smell another cannibal yet. But then on a road trip along the way, she meets different cannibals. And there are, how many do we meet in this movie? About six. So that All tells together. me there's a lot, actually, because they've met six, just not really looking for them. It just so happens that and she... We, we're not, I don't know if we're actually talking about cannibals, just like that's a thing. Cannibalism could be a choice, as we do meet one person who doesn't have... It in this we're talking about we're not talking about people who say I'm going to decide to eat. We're talking about people who are like vampires. They don't have extrasensory perception to smell death and blood and eating human flesh, apparently, because we don't address that eating meat satiates them at all. That That's not even you know, what I mean, there's no like, hey, eat a hamburger instead. It's like we just have to understand there is. There is the like infancy of your understanding of yourself. And then you grow into like, okay, I know how I can manage this. Some people just kill people randomly. Some people wait for them to die. You know, some people are like psycho killers about it. Then you move into the phase, I believe, like we have her mother who's been denied for many years. And so she's just, her mind has gone, I think, because she can't feed. She's in a mental health institution. So she's not allowed, obviously, <laughs> to like eat yeah. people. So I think we're just seeing the phases of it. I don't know that it, we should just call it cannibalism straight up because that sounds like a choice. Yeah, like uh, this the hills of like, eyes or something. Yeah, that's more just like, hey, we're effed up. We're going to eat people. This yeah. is like, I'm a creature, like a lion. Or a vampire. Yeah, but I'm thinking like in nature, real life, there's lions and they see a gazelle by a watering thing and they bring it down and they eat it. And that's how they live, right? Yeah. It's if not you just started giving them like pieces of broccoli and a ham sandwich, they might eat it. But I don't know that that would ever get rid of their instinct to do the thing they have to do. That's what makes it different. It's not that they're like sinister and they're stalking people. And I mean, they are kind of like the um, the dude is Lee. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, just reading between the lines, the way he gets his prey is to sexually um, attract people, right? Yeah, just some sort of like nod, like, hey, you want to get high, you want to go have some fun or whatever. Yeah. And then 
you know, everybody has rules. We're, we're also explaining that kind of like Dexter. I compared this to Dexter, right? Dexter's terrible. He's a serial killer. He's a horrible human being, but he's made up his own little code and his own little rules. And he'll only murder someone who's bad, right? Right. He'll only make sure they're bad. And so everyone in this movie sort of learning their own rules. And I think Lee's was to try to find people who are single and attached, don't have any family or anything like that. I'm not saying that's okay. I'm just saying for his character, that's how he justifies what he does to stay alive. Yeah, exactly. So it's a complex kind of thing because it's when I was watching, I was like, oh yeah, I've seen loads of vampire things, but I don't feel like I've seen a lot of things where it's people who have to eat people, but they're normally it's zombies and they're just no, nothing. Are they? yeah. They're just here. We're talking about actual people who are alive, who are fully functional. In fact, they can go a long time without eating somebody like a long time. And the that's explained as well. Like the guy says, well, you're young. So right. basically I think that what I inferred was that the more you do it, the more you need it. And that's why I said this feels like a parallel to an addiction of some kind, you know, yeah. like it sort of progresses until you you actually don't have any control. over. And that's what I said. You could subtract the having to eat people and just replace it with drugs. Yeah. For the story. And it would still work. It wouldn't be as Might not be quite as <laughs> um, harrowing in parts, but. You wouldn't go, oh, she just ate her finger. Whoa. <laughs> I did not expect that. Also, the cinematography, I loved it. It was mostly handheld, which can be annoying sometimes, but I was never annoyed by it. No, I feel like it was right for sometimes this. The, sometimes the guy was literally running behind something with like the big film camera, I could tell. And there was some odd editing. And again, I usually pick on that, but I really loved it. It was like these odd shots of like the emptiness under a bed after they've some crazy shit went down an apartment. We see the blood and the mess. And then all of a sudden we see it's been cleaned up. It's barren. There's no sheets on the bed. And there's just a kind of a 10 second shot of just the emptiness under the bed. And I was like, but then it feels awkward, but I liked it in this for some reason. It definitely had a artistic look to it. And it's a road trip, you know, it's punctuated by the the two initials of the states that they go to on the screen every now and then. So I played the uh, guess the state <laughs> guessing game. I think I did pretty well. I only got one wrong, I think. I think you just didn't know what was going on <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> what did it say? What was the two O-H. letters? O-H. The first two letters were O-H. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was the uh, production company. I thought they were putting... No, it wasn't O-H. It was um, V-A. VA, that's what yes. it was. I thought it was something artists, you know, like. <laughs> and I just said, that's Virginia. And you're like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I thought we were still doing the credits. <laughs> it's a road trip. I was going to say it's a fun road trip, but it's not fun. It's not fun. But it's. it's but it doesn't have, it has tension, but the tension is fine. It like lulls you. It's definitely relaxing. Yeah, the music and like you get to know her in a way that made me think, okay, are we going to go? Cause we find out about her throughout that her father leaves her a cassette tape. She turns 18. We think she has a birth certificate. So I didn't look at the year. It's probably right on there, but, and he finally, he leaves her cause he can't protect her or keep moving around anymore whenever she does her thing. And they have to go from like shitty town to shitty town. And it looks like they're living pretty rough most of the time. And he leaves her this tape and explains what's going on. Yeah. Basically, like, go and, I can't do it anymore. Go and do your own thing. Find out who you are. Right. And from that, you kind of glean that she's been protected. 
But she's very clever because he even says in his tape, you were clever. You were so clever. So, you know, she's she's not sheltered. Right. She knows how to do stuff. And she's also quite kind. Like she doesn't want. To, yeah, she's definitely kind. She doesn't want to kill people. She's just kind. Randomly. But then we find out that when she went to summer camp when she was eight. Yeah. A child went missing and the father's like, I just knew something had happened. So we had to move again. And I'm like, OK, maybe she was finding her way. I don't know. But you find out about her as like she's got to use this like a Dexter situation. Like, I know I have to do this, but I'm not just going to do it and be horrible about it. Lee does something that's she doesn't like. Kills a man. Yeah. Who they find out after he's killed. Well, she was okay with it until after. Until after when yeah. they, when she looks in the house of the guy and there's a baby and a wife and, and she's like, you can't do that. But he didn't know that, did he? You know, right. it wasn't Lee's fault. I mean, Lee did kill a guy, but he thought he was just some asshat uh, fairground guy. But they clearly showed that that guy was kind of an asshole to the kid, wasn't he? Oh, I didn't think so. I didn't think enough. It needed to be somebody really super obnoxious, but then that becomes obnoxious and obvious and so well then it's like you can't you can't judge the book by its cover because maybe he is a little bit of an asshole but he's also got a wife and a baby and a it doesn't mean and he's, he's not an asshole and he's a person you know true true cannibals love story road trip all those artistic cool music and joy favorite? division and new order two manchester bands in one movie i was into that and it was set when in the 80s, I mean, Ronald Reagan was on the radio. I don't know if they ever showed the year. Like I said, if we'd looked at her birth certificate closer and then we say she's yeah. 18, we might have figured it out. But it was the 80s. Yeah, and they definitely, they did a good job of that. I never noticed anything modern. I didn't think anything outside of it because it's so kind of, not kind of, it's very realistic. Yeah, it is. Like the bro broken down small towns, the really shitty places where they live, like just, just dirty. Yeah. And, and the places are all just real places. They're just driving through down a road. And so I really like that way it looks. And it seemed like people they bumped into, there was like non-actors possibly. I thought so too. Yeah. Yeah. The, like the lady in the bus station and, the, you know, they felt like people. Yeah. Rather than actors. <laughs> they just feel like people. Even though actors are people. What, what am I talking about? <laughs> True. <laughs> people who are not trained in the skill of acting, but it doesn't matter because they feel real. In fact, it's better. Or sometimes. they're really good actors, and that's why they seem so real. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the cast. Timothy Chalamet plays Lee. I'm growing to like this guy a lot. He was in Dune. Amazing. Growing to? I thought you loved him anyway. Like I really loved him in Don't Look Up, if you remember, in, in that one. He was really good in that. It was kind of like, like this character. He was a bit out there. Mm -hmm. I just really like him. He's, I think in this, he had to do a lot emotional stuff, and I really bought it from him. Agree. Um, do you like him? Yes. They did a good job of making them both look kind of sweaty and dirty all, at all times. All the time, yes. Like dirty sweaty hair, and dirty. Yeah. sweaty, yeah. I mean, they're living rough, kind of. They're living out of a truck. You get the, I mean, they eat regular food, too, so it's not like they're just, like, starving to death constantly. No, they, they do go to restaurants and just eat. And they steal the money from some of the people that they uh, ingest. And so they have money to go around. So yeah, that all made sense. Taylor Russell 
plays Marin. We watched her in uh, Lost in Space, the Netflix series, which we watched the whole of. And she's excellent in that show, if you've not seen it. What do you think of her here? Very good. I really, really, I mean, I just like her anyway. She's one of my favorite things about that show, so. I also felt that her and Timothy Chalamet had a good chemistry together. Like yes. it was, Especially when she was like, there was a scene where she had come out after seeing her mother and she had to throw everything at him. Like, I don't mean literally, I mean like emotionally. You just, mean like the rain scene in Chasing Amy? Yeah, it was almost like that. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like stood on the grass and she's just like, everything's coming out of her. And he's like, oh, you know, I've got to explain like, this is how you're going to feel if you're one of us. Uh, Mark Rylance plays Sully. What do you think of Mark? Creepy as fuck. You know what? <laughs> Creepy, creepy, creepy. What I liked about him was I couldn't quite put my finger on what he actually was for a while. When you first meet him, it's clear he eats people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought he was just maybe like a lonely guy. He's never met, oh, he has met one of his kind before or whatever. Many, yeah. He was just a guy and he was fine and harmless. And then you meet him again in the middle of the movie. And again, I I wouldn't 100% sure if he was just hurt that she wouldn't like have a relationship with him. He felt like they bonded and he, and he needed ta- he, something from her and he taught her some things about, cause he could tell she didn't know anything about being like this. No. And he'd had a lonely life. Cause she said to him, have you just been on your own? Yeah. You know? So she felt for him in a way and I wasn't too sure. Is he bad? Is he good? Or is he just a, one of them, like a traveling person who's just lost. And then, and then he's really bad. <laughs> then he's a jerk. <laughs> but, but plays it good, I think, because, I mean, that's, it's really creepy, that scene at the end. Uh, very creepy. And it's it's clear he has been alone. He just, he says he just wants someone who understands him. And she's, she's very tuned in to all the people she meets. She's, she can, she runs away from the, what seems like evil people, right? Um, right. I won't say evil because they are like animals. They feel they have the urge to survive i get that as in fiction world but when they meet the two guys out in the woods and the one guy looks like he just got shit out of a big monster his his body was like smeared with blackness which i'm assuming is just dried blood Mm. he's in overalls without a shirt which is always an interesting fashion choice and he's with a dude who partakes of this whole world but he is not one of them no he just 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 digs it and he's a police officer. Right. And he's enamored with it. And she is repelled by this and goes back to the truck. Anyone that she's interested in, even like the sister, and even when she meets Lee, she's kind of like right up in their face, like trying to figure them out, like asks lots of questions and she feels safe. But she moves away from what seems like people who are predators. You I know? put it down that um, while she was growing up, her dad told her everything about like, these are people who don't no. trust people. Or- I don't think he knows anything no. about it. No, no. I think he just, ba- they just hung on for dear life through, <laughs> through those years. You know what I mean? We've he got- tried her to be, tried to make her like have a normal life, but that wasn't happening. Speaking of a dad, Andre Holland plays a dad. He's not in it long, but he is good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's I like him. Yeah. We've seen him before. Uh, Kendall coffee plays Sherry. This is Lee's sister. Who's excellent. I thought, mm-hmm. She doesn't play a massive part, but plays a massive part in what Lee is, because Lee's backstory includes her quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, it's like his only thing that he's clinging to like a normal-ish life is that he has this baby sister and he kind of just... Has to protect her. 
yeah, and kind of other if without that, like he even said it, without her, I wouldn't I would probably just go crazy or whatever. Yeah, he actually he actually said I would kill myself. Yes, he did. Without her. So and then finally, Chloe Savenny plays Janelle, which is Marin's mother. And that was a shocking thing. I was like, whoa. It was. Very sad. And sad and shocking. Because ultimately the the concept is as if, you know, in the world even, but for these people, you either lean into this, right? And you become like a terrible serial killer who just eats people all the time. You just own it until somebody shoots you down, essentially. Or you go to prison or a mental institution or yes. you just die. You kill yourself, right? She put herself in a mental institution because after she had a baby, she went away because she felt like, I think like we were saying earlier, the older you get and the more you do it, the more the urge overtakes you instead of you having like the, everybody we meet kind of plots and plans and how they're going to get their next victim, essentially their next dinner. But I think there comes a point, even Sully, the, the weirdo guy with the, he saved everybody's hair. The dude who, have thing for her. That's like Dexter's little uh, yes souvenir yes. case. So you know the reality is, if you take it that way, he would have been a serial killer without this thing. But so she has chosen to take her way herself away from her family because she's afraid she'll get to that point and then horrible things would have happened. So and she'd also eaten her own hands at some point. Yes, which the part where I was like, oh, I know. When the nurse said self-harm, I'm like, I mean, yeah. she's probably been chewing on herself, but then we see her and it's like, oh no. No. Oh no. Not just chewing herself, like literally yeah. removing Very her. Very sad. I mean, it was just sad. But, and she didn't have much to say or do, but I was like, I feel for this woman. Directed by Luca Guadagnino. Wrong again, probably. Directed Suspiria and Call Me By Your Name, which also starred Timothy Chalamet. What do you think of this director? Do you like him? I like the vibe. Yes. I do too. I like the way it looks, every all of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's just it's not like I like things that are not like other things, and this isn't like other things. That's a good explanation. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I would say he this is. As my mother would say, but I always call her out on it. Well, it's different. It's yeah. kind of different. Well, different than what? What are you saying? It's not like what? It's, it's not, not like a like, Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the local news at 10. No, but it is. It's got the same like mm, I'm a little bit out of kilter vibe like American Honey or um, what's the one? And this even reminded me of it at a point. I'm going to forget it now what I was even thinking of, but I'll think of it later. But there are there's a whole set of movies. Even like um, It Follows has a certain sort of like gritty. Yeah creepiness but you're sort of like hypnotized right you're just sort of like uh, lost boys no that's too severe that's very 80s it is but so it's, it's not gonna lull you no but it's got this different like these people can't fit in but oh you're just talking own, about that i'm talking about yeah. like the whole of the experience of the movie right 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 you see where i'm coming from yeah so imdb reviews what are those movies on IMDb get reviewed by people who don't like them or do like them. And you like the ones that don't like them. Yeah. So these are the people who gave it one star and I'll read a few of them out. <laughs> Sky says boring. I tend to give all movies a chance and try to find something positive after dropping $12 for a ticket. Only thing I knew about this was it's based on a book and it's something like twilight. 
Is it something like Twilight? I've never seen or read Twilight, so I don't know. It's hard to find someone sexy when they travel across the country eating people and it's graphically shown. Somewhere in this story is a metaphor for coming of age in a dog-eat-dog world, except that you eat people and you're a spoiled brat because your dad was able to hide it to protect you and now you went too far and you go out on your own. Why is she a spoiled brat? Oh my god, what a dick. Uh, And second one says... I genuinely don't know why this movie is getting any praise. Oh, wait, probably because Timothy and Luca are at the forefront. If you think about it, that what were they saying? The dialogue, it's cringy and lacks self-awareness. The pointless homophobic tropes, the shallowness and cheesy moments. Like, it's utterly awful and I feel bad for Timothy. The CGI tears on Timothy. Ooh, it wasn't cool. I thought. At a couple of moments, because it's set in the 80s, that some of the references to homosexuality, like she, the sister says to him, like, really nasty, like, you look like a gay person in that shirt, but real hateful and snotty. And then he takes the shirt off. And I'm like, oh, that's going to rub people the wrong way these days. And then later when he is, you know, kind of like flirts with the guy at the fair and then says, you want to meet later? And they like lock eyeballs all like weirdly. Then I'm like, oh, I mean, that seems very... And the part where he's jerking him off in the field. Yeah, but I mean, that the <laughs> the whole idea of like, you know, I thought, oh, it's not going to go down well with some people. But hey, it's the 80s and the guy who wrote it or whoever wrote it, a lady wrote it, didn't she? Yes. And whoever directed it, that's, you got to tell the story as it is. That's the part of storytelling that you have to just suck it up sometimes. If you don't like it, don't ever watch it again or write your own story. And finally, this person says, I don't know what's wrong with people. They come here to say there are deep meanings in this movie. Blah, blah, blah. The movie's not even a horror movie. It's a drama slash romance. Do we really need to get into a topic that this movie doesn't have a deep meaning? Now we're showing love and human differences. Suck it. (laughs) Doesn't even make much sense. (laughs) But hey, those are the people who didn't like it. So. There are some extras on the Blu-ray. There's a making of. Uh, There's actually a bunch of extras on the streaming version as well. So let's give Bones and All a score. I'm giving it a 8 out of 10. I'm giving it 8 as well. Perfect. We're in sync. 8 out of 10. Deserves it. I think so. I mean, for what it is, it's a whole experience of like, oh, I I dig that I dig movies. That's one of those moments. I really like that. I do too. Very good. In conclusion, thank you to Warner Brothers. Next week, we're going to look at the Marvel movie, Wakanda Forever. It's a big one. Yeah. Movie recommendations. I I was thinking of like, what are my favorite cannibal movies? (laughs) Do I have any favorite cannibal? I do actually. The Hills of Eyes. Great cannibal movie. Actually. Spoiler alert. Actually scared me to death back in the day. Watching that on VHS. Didn't know what to expect. And was terrified by it. Pretty terrifying. Maybe it's not now. Maybe it's really cheesy. And the other one um, is Green Inferno. Oh, wanna, yeah. If you that's an see, unexpected one. <laughs> that's a hardcore cannibal movie. Like hardcore. I don't know if it's hard, more hardcore than this. Uh, it is. It's just more communal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that one's by Eli Roth, and it's pretty mad. Unexpected as well in that yeah. one. Uh, are you done? I am done. Are you done? You're done? Are you done? 
So mine are going back to the early 2000s. I'm doing all sci-fi for 2023. 20, 2004 brought us iRobot. And then we have Lost. That yeah. would just be the TV show. Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. I really like that movie. The Butterfly Effect. Mm. Yeah, not great. And The Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, the Pitch Black I really like, but not Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, Pitch Black is really good. Yeah. I mean, is it? But I think, yeah. I no, think. I think it really is. I like Pitch Black, but I think they, there was two more after that. I didn't like those that much. Apparently, they're doing another one. Really? Hmm. So uh, what is a Scully stuff for this week? Okay, <laughs> I've been playing two games this week. One is called, it's a PlayStation 5 game. It's called Season, A Letter to the Future. Did you see any of this game? I don't think so. Okay, well, this what this game is about. It's a, a game where you travel on a bicycle. Oh, a, yes, I did. Yeah, across the land. You find out at the beginning that the world, something's going to happen to the world. We haven't figured it out yet, whether it's like a natural disaster or somebody's going to do something to the world, right? We, You're not really filled in on it fully. But what your aim is in the game is you set off at the beginning knowing that this is going to happen in a, in a week. And you're a person who has to make um, like a living museum. Is that what you call it? Like a scrapbook. If I was to hand this scrapbook to somebody else after the world had ended, like the next people who come or whatever, they would be able to look at it and see what the last civilization was like. So it's about you traveling from A to B, which in this instance is from your hometown at the beginning to this uh, city in the distance. And along the way, you have a microphone and a camera. And you can take pictures anywhere you want, as many as you want, and record anything you want, any sound that you hear. And you, everything that you record or take a picture of, you can stick in your scrapbook. And you can put text underneath the pictures to explain what it is. And you're making up this scrapbook. And there are people along the way who also know that the world's going to end that you learn from and you put their stories into your scrapbook. So You've assumed the world's going to end. Yeah, well, it, that's what she was saying at the beginning, that this is the end of this season. Yeah, but... They call it a season. Right. But, but then know. I found some history about, like, other seasons when there was hundreds and thousands of years in between seasons. Right. When no, nothing existed. So I don't know because I'm not at the end yet, but I'm still traveling. And then, you know, you come across people and you have to help them. They're going to flood this valley, apparently, so everybody has to get out of there. And the people who are in charge of flooding the valley know... Uh, think that everybody's out, but I'm finding people down in the valley and I have to tell them and help them out of there. So it's called Season, A Letter to the Future. It's kind of cell shaded looking. It looks really pretty. And it's not a game where you have to shoot anybody or there's no like urgency or action <laughs> at all. It's you're walking and cycling from A to B, and along the way, you're experiencing a story. So, you know, it's more of a peaceful kind of, like this movie, like a road trip without the cannibals. And the other game I've been playing, uh, Season of Letter to the Future, by the way, it's available on PS5 and Steam, and you can get it now. The other game I've been playing is called Power Card, and it is a heavy metal card game. 
And it's similar to a game called Slay the Spire, which I've played, which is where you have to climb this tower and each level you play in a different card game and you've got to get as far as you can. Well, this one's like you're on a tour with these heavy metal band and they fight the demons of hell who are also heavy metal bands. And it's cards like uh, a lot of games are these days. There's a lot of card games going around, but you're like following down this path killing all these different heavy metal demons from hell. And you've got to try and get as far as you can. And if you die, you go back all the way to the beginning, but you do keep some of the cards and things that you've... So it, it encourages you to keep playing over and over. It's called Power Card. It's on Steam. don't think it's on consoles yet, but um, I've been playing it on Steam. It's quite good. Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Tonight we're going to have Larry David Pasta, as you like to call it. It's not Larry David. It just is a guy on what the packet. I don't remember the name of it. Chef something. It looks like Larry David on the packet. Yeah. <laughs> it's not homemade pasta. And with some, um, what's it called? Alfredo sauce and some pesto. And yeah, it literally does look like Larry David. Look at when you go in the pasta aisle. Look. It's like, not in the pasta aisle. And not in the pasta aisle. It is in the refrigerator. In the refrigerator so pasta like part. Where our store is and the other stores I've seen, it's where like the butter, cream cheese, it's kind of in that uh, dairy cold aisle. And as Larry David preparing some on the packet. Hmm. And it's totally him. It is not. <laughs> so Sid, what's your advice? And we'll get out of it. It's not advice. Just yet another uh, observation about myself entitled What's Wrong With Me. I do not know. Let me preface this by saying I was not raised in a house that we went to church or went to any churches or that Christmas had all the religious stuff or Easter or anything like that. I mean, it was around. It was everywhere. I've been to family who take you to Bible school and I went to vacation Bible school and, you know, I go to churches when people get married and have funerals and I've heard lots of sermons. And I know a lot about the Bible, but I don't believe in anything like I actually don't believe in anything. I don't believe in magic or fairies or religion or a big anything. Do you believe? I don't. They put a man on the moon. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I only have the information I've been given. <laughs> I'm a very cynical person. And it's not just like, oh, I don't want to believe in that. It is this. And I've thought about it lately that I don't question things Oh, not, not true. I don't have the thing of like, oh, what happens when we're dead or what happens when we're gone and I don't want it to be over. And I have none of that. I genuinely do not have it. I don't fear it. I don't think it. It doesn't come naturally to me. I understand it. I've witnessed it in lots of fiction, poetry and music and movies and stories, you know, and in people then who take it on board or if it comes naturally to them, fair enough. But I don't have any of that. And I don't need an explanation for why anything is, except if someone does a shitty thing and you have the opportunity to ask, why did you do that? In order to like, you know, either punish them or figure out how to help hopefully prevent that in the future. That's different than being like, why are we here? Because I don't care. I mean, we're here. I don't have any deep, gnarly aching to find out or questioning. I'm just like open to explore every possibility. And unless I see the actual thing itself, like if you put me on a spaceship and you fly me to the center of the universe, if that exists, and I see a big gaping hole, 
that shit's flying out of, I'll be like, oh, that's where everything's coming out of. <laughs> that doesn't sound pleasant. It's like, that's like the butthole of the universe. <laughs> you know what's in the center of that universe? <laughs> Do you know? No. <laughs> Larry David Pasta. That's where, it, that's where it comes from. Oh my God. So just the image now I've got in my head is terrible, but I just don't. And then the, the flip side of all this is I have no, I don't have a dark heart. I don't like, I'm not depressed. I don't, I mean, I'm not depressed as in like life is meaningless. And so everything is terrible. I, I feel like life is meaningless except for this moment and the moments we build together, like as humans all together on this world. And then you get to be alive for a certain amount of time and everyone else who's alive kind of overlaps and keeps going and the world keeps going. And I think that's amazing and fantastical. And it's also terrible and horrible. You know, there's lots of hor- horrible things, but that's it. I, I wonder, I know when I discuss it with people, it's like there's something wrong with me. So when I ask what's wrong with me, I'm not actually asking that because I don't think anything is, but people like to give you the vibe that you're missing something like they've tapped into a thing that poor you, you just don't have it or you're missing something or there's something bad about you. And I just don't agree with that. So there's the answer to what's wrong with me. Nothing. Good work. (laughs) Ascully.com is the website you can catch this podcast on. You can also catch us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're also on YouTube. Anchor.fm slash after the show, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere that podcasts are available. Email feedback to me, ascully.com. Do not email Sid Talk because she doesn't know what's wrong with her. Hmm. And stay classy. I was going to say this director's name, but I'm not going to say it. I'll say stay classy, Luca, the director of this movie. Awesome. Can't wait to see what's next. Good choice. Good choice. And I'm going to say think for yourself or somebody will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>